Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 28th of March, the start of a brand new week. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business markets and startups. I suppose, Scotty, it's not really the start of a brand new week. We've got one We've got one session under our belts, and it's the fifth straight session of gains. Mm, just managed to cling on to those gains as you well. Can but thank uh, it's, for most of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it has been a pretty resilient performance uh, in light of what we've seen when it comes to uh, what's going on with bond yields, what's going on with uh, with borrowing costs, and what's going on in some of those uh, more cyclical parts of the uh, the market at the moment, which I'm keeping a, a pretty close eye on. So onwards and upwards, we'll see how long it lasts. But for the time being, happy days. Yeah, happy days. Uh, look, everybody's obsessed with you know this Oscars incident. I don't think we need to comment on that, except to say that um, yeah, it didn't have an impact on markets overall. No, so they handled themselves in West Philadelphia, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, no, but uh, iron ore prices uh, were good. Iron ore is going really strong, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, I'm not really sure why. Uh, we still have near enough uh, record levels of inventories, and uh, whilst Shut, yeah, while steel production is uh, is still up and about, um, it's still nowhere near the levels that we're seeing previously. So a lot of people obviously pretty excited about what's going on. Uh, forget what I'm saying though. Follow the price action. The price action is saying that uh, there's going to be a big surge in demand. Well, all we're seeing is a big surge in COVID cases and a lot of lockdowns, aren't we? Yeah, it sure is an interesting situation coming in China. And I had a really good chat to end the day with Grant Wilson from Exante Data. Um, he wrote about it in the fin yesterday, but it was good to just have a chat with him about it today. Just the massive amount of outflows from uh, Chinese government bonds. And so he sort of walks us through a few scenarios as to why this might be happening. Um, but yeah, it, it also could be happening because it's just testing uh, the really risk-reward equation when it comes to China um, in terms of what would happen if it ever potentially invaded Taiwan. So um, yeah, I'm not going to get into it just now, but uh, listen to that interview. It'll be up online shortly. Or by the time you're listening to this, it may already be up online. But um, Grant Wilson from Exante Data. Um, other than that, though, so we had Rio, Fortescue, BHP looking really good. We saw financials were up by about half a percent. Uh, all the big four banks did advance. And um, energy stocks just put on a little bit. And that's despite falling oil prices. Um, but really what did the most damage was Infotech yet again. Not a big surprise when you look at... Um, on yields here at home and in New York. Yeah, uh, and we don't have, I think no one would uh, dispute this, we don't have the same quality of tech as what, uh, what no. happens in New York. We've got a lot of quality names there that also are in that tech bucket. Unfortunately, it doesn't uh, really apply to our local market. So no really surprise. But uh, yeah, this uh, the moving rates is uh, is really interesting at the moment. Uh, people are buying into the uh, the very hawkish narrative uh, the Fed has been spinning. Uh, the same people who were saying that there was no need to go and touch rates only six months ago. So take that for what it's worth. 
Yeah, Star Entertainment Group, uh, its CEO, Matt Beckier, stood down today, resigned. And um, that was after yeah, more revelations that he didn't take, um, you know, the the findings that there is uh, money laundering or was at the casino seriously. So there's a Sydney license review ongoing and he's decided to pack it up, quit the board, make an executive transition. Um, yeah, boy, what a beleaguered part of the market that is. You spoke with Helen Bird today, didn't you? What was she saying? That uh, uh, there's going to be more heads roll and uh, it has to go beyond just board renewal. Uh, but you do question, and we've had this discussion before in the program, whether you can go and change the underlying drivers as to what leads to this behavior without uh, being detrimental to the uh, the viability of those business models. And It's a casino. I <laughs> When I'm looking at a casino, and I hate to say this as a flippant remark, but I expect there's going to be money laundering going yeah. on and people trying to go and do a lot of illegal stuff because it's a casino. It's that's, a casino. It's a gambling venture that I know a lot of people like to go and, uh, and use for various things. So I'm, how they can go and police that with actually destroying the business model, well, you know, well It's I, a casino I, I, with I, cash I, coming through the doors. I, I, I guess we're going to go and try and find out, but uh, yeah, good luck trying to go and enforce those things longer term. Well, Star's share price today was up by six-tenths of a percent. So there you go, perhaps because there will be some sort of renewal, board renewal. Um, listen, before we get on to budget and everything else, uh, let's go to the stock of the day, shall we? ASX. Well, once again today, its chess software update has been delayed for the fourth time. Interesting, because we did see Dominic Stevens there resign, saying it had nothing to do with the chess deployment and rollout, but that it would still uh, you know, happen under his watch, and then there would be somebody else who would come in that would be you know, really set up to take the ASX to its next leg up. Well, that's not happening, because the April 2023 launch has potentially been pushed back by another year. Okay, so we spoke with Nathan Samasundram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from The Intelligent Investor to find out if they would be buying ASX Limited, the stock, today. To give them credit, they, do, they are going through a fair amount of rebuilding internally. They've got a lot of new, um, I suppose, restructure going through, and that's about the technology change. So I think it's getting better and better, but the track record of technology is weak to very weak. But it's, it's a bit like um, buying a house. If you buy it at the right time with ASX, you love the stock. Yep. If you buy it at the wrong time, you sit there and look at it. So I'll be waiting to see it. I'll be looking at low 70s. No one should argue about the quality of ASX. This is a superb business and it's obvious why. It's a classic network effects business. Um, but it's a slow growing business. And that means that despite its quality, the price you pay matters with ASX and we have to think about that pretty carefully. I think the total return you're looking at here is somewhere between sort of six, seven percent. Um, and if, if that's you, if you're happy with a very good quality business giving you mm. six or seven percent in a lowish risk environment, I, I think you can buy it. But for me, I, I think this is a solid hold. So there you go. ASX, not exactly a buy. Mm. Technology is uh, interesting there. I remember I used to, back, way back in the day, used to uh, go and uh, work in the operations area of, uh, of the SFE, uh, now ASX24. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my uh, jobs was to try and go and break the, uh, the test bed for, uh, for Psycom. And so uh, I used to have uh, lots of fun things about, you know, a uh, controlled uh, test environment, uh, breaking the other uh, system. Did uh, you break it? 
many times. And uh, unfortunately, despite my best endeavors, uh, the uh, the actual market breaks on the uh, no, live trade as well a few times as well. But uh, that has nothing to do with me. No. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Write that down. File it away. Um, so budget tomorrow. Budget Tuesday. It's called Budget Eve today if you're into that kind of thing. Look, what we do know is that it is a pre-election budget. So there will be sweeteners. There will be tax cuts. There will be a change to the fuel excise you know, tax rate. I, I don't know for how long. I don't think anybody's confirmed that. But um, all that sounds a bit inflationary to me, Scotty. Yeah, well, it's always <laughs> handouts uh, right ahead of the election, particularly with an incumbent government, which is quite behind in the polls. And uh, we'll see what it does and brings. But uh, like so often, uh, I'll be flabbergasted if we get any major surprises tomorrow night at 7.30. Just so many leaks nowadays. I actually don't know why we bother doing it at night time. It's uh, just during the day, everyone can go and digest it over the course of the training session. It hasn't moved markets for a long period of time. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly excited about what uh, the detail we're going to convey. Yeah. So I asked Chris Weston from Pepperstone, do traders care about the budget? No. I did ask Julia Lee from Berman Invest. And she had pointed out to some areas of the market. You know, if you think about where you might see in bigger spending, aged care, um, you know, housing, those kind of areas of the market. But really, um, it's not massive, but mm. we will be examining the budget through an investment lens, trying to find out what it means for your portfolio, what any of the spending might mean. I mean, infrastructure is one thing that you can always think about as well. Um, we'll do that all sort of Wednesday morning in the wake of the budget. So let the dust settle. Yeah. Um, so you can actually listen to Julia's Lee's buy, hold, sell that will be up in the newsletter and the show notes available um, that way for the podcast as well. And uh, I spoke with Luke Winchester about three small caps with big reopening impacts. And um, yeah, there's a couple pre-budget stock picks for your portfolio as well in there. Um, what were you writing about today, Scotty? Well, controversial, but um, yeah, it goes with the other. I'm obviously not a doctor, uh, but I'm pretty good with numbers. And uh, this whole uh, isolation mandate that's been put in place here in Australia, uh, I think it's getting a little bit long in the tooth and probably creating more issues than it's solving, particularly around workplaces at the moment. Uh, this idea that uh, you're a close household contact, seven days in isolation, uh, self-reporting of, uh, of COVID cases. Undoubtedly, most Australians are, are telling the truth, but uh, there's definitely an element out there who can go and use this as an advantage uh, to go and get some paid holidays. And uh, I just question how many people are using that because all I'm hearing is this acute uh, no shortages of workers in client-facing roles and the like. And uh, yeah, I just wonder. Uh, there's a lot of people out there at the moment who potentially could be working but aren't, and it's uh, just because of these rules. So I was thinking that, uh, you know, given the number of people I've spoken to who have been close contacts in previous forms, uh, who haven't got COVID, and uh, are we unnecessarily stripping out these people uh, from the workplace and uh, no creating additional burdens on other workplaces, other employees, at a time when it's been pretty stressful for a lot of people? So I'd just like to go and see that revisited and whether there's a better outcome. Yeah, I think it'll change. It has to change. This is unsustainable for um, for the long run, I think, with these close household contacts having yeah. isolated. I, I, the thing is I struggle with is, look, I, I'm not a medical expert, but we know that uh, no, the vast majority of cases are very, very mild now. And why are we slapping numbers number of days on how long you're going to be in isolation i don't i don't get that purely because it's covid i mean if it if we weren't calling it covid and if it was just something else then we would be treating it like a normal cold i mean the days of coming to work sniffly or not feeling well are well and truly over and so they should be 
why would you come to work and spread something? Yep. Um, but uh, to be a close household contact, deemed close, I mean, we can talk roommates, you know, brothers, like, you know, it could be adults that aren't sort of like sleeping in the same bed yeah um yeah to have to stay home for seven days if you're and uns- if you're not showing any symptoms yeah, yeah. And, uh, they can't go on forever that's not productivity enhancing no one, one i heard and i'm saying this you know running a newsroom like it's it's unsustainable yeah it's uh it's creating and the thing to me is that uh, i know we're already talking about an era where mental illness and i know workplace stress would be it's been a tough couple of years and uh what it just creates is that i know those people who are still fronting up all the time and are not are not subject to these particular isolation rules it's just adding an additional burden on top of those people there so no what happened to the other tried and tested don't know function of the past no if you feel sick stay home if you're okay come to work yeah and previously i mean this is not across all workplaces but if you had an extended period of time off now you usually had to bring in a doctor's note or something which i've never really agreed with because i think that adults should be adults managers should manage so if you have somebody who's problematic and they're always sick and you know, chucking sickies in long for extended periods of time. That's up to you to manage that. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just I've got COVID or somebody I know has got COVID. So see ya. Yeah. In a week. Because <laughs> I was just like, I was sitting there. I, the, the reason it sparked because I actually put on Twitter uh, late last week because I had to go and take a couple of days off for uh, for another reason in Adelaide, and uh, I was just thinking like it would be so easy for me just to go and and rot the system if I wanted to. Yeah, uh, and I don't think anybody. But, um, you know, that, that we know or I know has been doing that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just unsustainable. Yeah, not everyone's got the same work ethic maybe of, uh, of some people. Yeah, know. but even if you are genuinely home as a close contact, it, it's just – if it's it's a long time if you're not actually – Sick. Yeah, well, Anyhow. we've divided a long time here, so it shows it's all. We're on our soapboxes for this one. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, let's get on with it. Okay, so our survey closed yesterday. Remember that subscriber survey that I've been banging on about? Less Scotty. Yeah, yeah. got that one. Um, well, well, in the newsletter today, we've announced who the winners are. We will be in contact with you. So congratulations to the winners of that uh, of that subscriber survey, and thank you to everybody who took the time to help us out and to tell us what you like and what don't the, like. What was the prize? Oh, you didn't. There was uh, a wine pack. There was a watch, an Apple Watch, and there was a lunch. Hey. Lunch in our boardroom with Kashi and I and some of our expert guests. Okay. I don't know who got what or who picked what, but it was first in, best dressed. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can my, come my to the lunch. I'm sure. Le- leave me some. Uh, a little le- damaged here. Leave me some leftovers. <laughs> A lobster and caviar. Yeah, yeah, that's how we roll around here. Yep. Okay, uh, look, so just to reiterate, the local market did finish in positive territory. Uh, there's no huge data uh, tonight in the U.S., but there is later in the week. Of course, we get inflation. We get the non-farm payroll report. The S&P ASX 200 finished at 7,412, up just by a tenth of 1%. So we'll keep an eye on, on that as we... Uh, you know, watch the U.S. markets tonight. Firmly in the black. And, uh, yeah, watch out for those men in black. They can hit. Oh, God. Okay, wrap it up. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.